Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast with me, Michael. And today we're looking all at phrasal verbs once again. So this is something we did a few episodes ago. If you go back a couple weeks ago, we were looking at phrasal verbs with up. Phrasal verbs that end in up. I got a question about this initially. That means at the beginning, I got a question about this. And I decided to look at it in more detail in that episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, I recommend you go check it out now. That was episode 224, 224. And in that episode, I give a nice introduction and talk about it more. But since making that episode, I've had a lot more suggestions and questions about these phrasal verbs, and many of you asking for a part two as well. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm giving you a part two, and we're going to talk about it some more. And to all of you who have asked about other phrasal verbs, you know, phrasal verbs ending in out or, you know, down or whatever you've been asking, I have made a note of all of them and I am sure that I will cover them in the future. However, I do think that too many episodes on the same or similar topic can be a bit boring, so I'm going to space them out. I'm not going to do, you know, 10 phrasal verb episodes one after the other. Uh, Try and keep it interesting for you. But I do think this will be a useful one for you today anyway, and hopefully interesting. That's always my goal. So what I was doing in the first episode, in part one, was listing the patterns or the ways in which we use verbs plus up. And just a really quick recap for those of you who might have seen it but forgotten, we had meaning to increase or to improve, like to level up, to increase, to get better, which is very similar, to heal up, to move up was the other one, to kind of go higher physically, such as get up, get up from bed. And the final one we mentioned was to complete something. This is really common, like eat up or drink up. These are all the meanings we spoke about in the last episode. And in this one, we have how many more? I think we have five more, five more. But I will say these five are slightly less common than the first four. So the first four are the most useful. These five are still very useful, but perhaps there are fewer examples for some of these, or at least three of these. I think the first two may be very common. The final ones may be a little bit more rare, but we'll see when we get to that. Some of you found my lesson useful. So last time on on the previous part one episode, I gave a full lesson with more information and a quiz over at Level Up English. So, you know, I talk about Level Up English a lot, which is my website, my membership website, where I have lots of courses and lessons to help you improve your English. But maybe a lot of you don't know that for each podcast, at least nowadays, I didn't do this before, but nowadays for each podcast, I release lots of bonus content as well. Sometimes this is an explanation of the new words with a quiz 
and you can listen to the audio. Sometimes I have bonus worksheets. On the previous lesson, I believe I also posted a PowerPoint presentation, which you can go through and learn these phrasal verbs and review. So there's always some kind of bonus content there for you, a little bit more than what you would get here on the public podcast. I haven't made it yet, but I think I will do something very similar for this episode. So if you want to see the bonus content and review this episode in a little bit more detail, then you might consider becoming a member. It's something I'm really passionate about, and I think it's going to help a lot of people. So if you want to find out more, you can go to levelupenglish.school and then click on the members button at the top of the page. And there's also a link in your podcast app, wherever you're listening, there should be a link that takes you directly there. But yeah, thank you for checking it out if you do. So let's get back into it then. I will start by telling you the meaning of the kind of group of phrasal verbs here and give you some examples and then try to talk about them in my own way. Give some real life example of how we can use that phrasal verb. So meaning number five, the first one today, is to create something. Very often when we have a verb followed by the preposition up, it can have the feeling of creating something. You might notice this. So one example is to set up, to set up a really common phrasal verb. Before I record my podcast, I have to set up my desk. I have to get my microphone in place, my kind of computer and camera in the right position. So I need to set these things up before I record. It's kind of like creating something. It's like getting something ready. So in this sense, we're creating an environment to do something. It's often related to work as well. You might have to set up your desk for playing a game, you know, get in a comfortable position for a video game. You will have to set up your room if you're having a guest. If someone is staying at your house, you need to set up the room and make it comfortable for them. So you're creating an environment to do something specific. Set up. And I can't really think of any more right now, but see what you can come up with. There's a good one I just used, which is come up with something, to come up. And whenever you hear one of these phrasal verbs with up, it might be a good practice to think about what kind of pattern these would fit into. And I'm not sure with come up. To come up with something means to think of something, to think about a new idea. Um, what could that be? Come up with something. I'm finding this one a little bit difficult, but I think it might actually be this one to create something. You're creating an idea in your mind, right? If you're coming up with an idea, you're coming up with an example, you're creating the idea. So I think that one would match there. That's interesting. I said it by accident and it totally works. Another example is dream up. You know, you might have to dream up an idea. So this is similar to create, but to dream up is to use your imagination to be creative and to think of a solution or think of an idea. So what can come out of your head uh, in a kind of creative way? We can say to dream about something, right? To dream about. So I'm dreaming about becoming a famous movie star, right? That there's more sense of a creation with dream up. So dream about is more just like thinking about something. Dream up is you're kind of 
thinking, but maybe also like creating and making something new as well. So if you think of a good idea, a really creative idea, I think this word, this phrase would be appropriate. So for example, I was sat down, I was thinking about a really good episode for my podcast and I dreamed up something that I know you're all going to love, right? Or maybe when you're thinking about what you want to do in your life, you need to dream up some really exciting way of living so you have a goal to work towards. Another thing that I talk about from time to time is my email list where I write up an email to all of you with a a free lesson you know, once a fortnight. And yeah, I I write up a quick lesson. I write up a lesson. So I could just say I write a lesson. That's totally fine. I write a lesson, but we could also say write up. And it just gives that extra feeling of creating something, the extra emphasis on the creation. So if you say you wrote something, we don't know, like, did you copy it from Wikipedia? Is it from your brain? We don't know where it's from. If you say you wrote something up, then it's more clear that it comes from your brain. It's your own creation. So one one thing I'll always encourage you to do is to write up a story to practice these new words, this, this new vocabulary. So it's a great way to learn and get it stuck in your head. Write up a story. See what you can do. Let's move on to meaning number six, which hopefully is easy to understand. It's also fairly common. And this is to divide into pieces. The most common example is to break up, to break up. To break up literally can mean just to hit something until it breaks into pieces. So if you have a rock, you can hit the rock with a hammer and you're breaking up the rock. But I think more commonly it's used for relationships. You might know this one. If a, let's say, a boyfriend and a girlfriend want to stop being together they will break up. They will stop being together. Another word for this is split up. It's very similar to break and to split. It's really similar. So they might split up. They might break up. And we use this word up because there's that division, divided, separation. It's the same kind of word. So a breakup is never an easy thing. It's always challenging when you have to split up from someone But now, after that, I suppose it's a good chance to really dream up your ideal partner. Remember, dream up, think about, get creative, think about who would your ideal partner be. And now is your chance to kind of go and try to attract that kind of person. So think of a breakup as like an opportunity to find someone even better for you. I like that attitude. Maybe if you've just broken up with someone, you might feel really, really upset and you want to destroy all of your memories together, all of your photos, maybe. So you might rip up the photos of you together. So to rip is to kind of, usually it's about paper or clothes, but very often paper, about breaking paper into two pieces. You can also rip your clothes, like rip up your t-shirt. But rip up has kind of a stronger sense of division, separation, compared to just rip on its own. So you could say, I'm going to rip this photo. But that just kind of means a little rip. It doesn't necessarily mean all the way. If you fall over and you have a small rip in your t-shirt, you can say, oh no, it has ripped. We don't need to say up. 
but if it kind of rips right down the middle and you can like pull your shirt off because it's totally broken, then you can say it has been ripped up. But usually ripped up is something that a person does because it's very unlikely that you know, you're going to accidentally rip up your shirt. It doesn't really happen. So maybe a bully would rip up your shirt and you might rip your shirt on some spiky plants. It may also be obvious, but I am taking some time to think on this episode. I'm not talking non-stop. So I'm kind of pausing every now and then to think about what I should say. So that means I'm going to have to cut up this video, this episode, uh, when I edit it. So when I do some editing, I need to cut this up and make it more listenable. In other words, to cut out those pauses where I'm not talking. Hopefully I've done that correctly. I haven't left any of them in. That would be embarrassing. But yeah, to cut up is, yeah, just to cut into pieces. Uh, We can again say cut. I'm going to cut the video, but it doesn't quite have the same meaning. To cut the video, if, if we're talking about a video, to cut the video just means to take off part of the video. If you have a cut, it will be something like this. In the middle of my sentence, there will be... If you cut something up like a video, you cut up a video, it means you're separating the video in multiple places. So there's again, there's more emphasis on all of that separation. It's not just one cut, it's many cuts, usually, right? And it's the same for anything. If you cut up a piece of paper, it's many little pieces. If you cut a piece of paper, it might just be one cut and it doesn't even break it in half. So keep that in mind that up is often more complete than without up. And this also relates back to the previous episode where we spoke about up having a sense of completion. That is kind of quite common in many different words that we're talking about here. Now, let's move on to meaning number seven, which is useful. I can't think of too many examples like this, but there are a few. So I think it's still useful to learn. It's just not as popular as the previous ones. It can also mean to block something, to block something. So I spoke about this one on the sick episode where a few weeks ago I was sick and I made an episode where I wasn't feeling well. And I said, I feel or bunged up, bunged up, which is B-U-N-G-E-D, bunged, quite hard to pronounce. Um, If you're bunged up, that just means your nose and your kind of airways are blocked because you're sick, probably. So bunged up, you know, we wouldn't say I feel bunged. I think bung is not a common word, uh, without the up. I don't really hear it without the up personally, but bunged up is fairly common. It just means congested, uh, blocked nose. It's difficult to breathe, right? So if you're bunged up, that's quite an advanced word, but a really good one to use, especially if you're doing like an IELTS exam or something, that could be a really high level synonym to use. Um, If anything is blocked, we can say the same really, like to block up, you know, if your sink is blocked, Maybe there's too much hair in the sink because all all your hair fell out like mine. You can say, oh, the sink is blocked. That's fine. It probably sounds a bit more natural to say the sink is blocked up. It's blocked up. Um, It's really similar, honestly. There isn't much difference, but perhaps blocked up 
also has that sense of completion as well. It's like more blocked. It's really totally blocked, 100%. So maybe there's that feeling, I would say. But as with many of these phrasal verbs, a lot of them are just learning from context. Like one example is clog, clogged up. That's another one. Clog is similar to block. We often don't say clog on its own, like it's clogged. That's less common, but clogged up, I think, is more common. However, this is something that you would never really learn from a textbook. It's something that you need to learn from context, I would say, because there's not really a rule as to why. And I'll tell you what I mean. Clog up is normally used for toilets. Blocked up, or another word, would be used for like a sink. I don't really hear clogged up much for sinks. It's possible for sure, but it's much more common for toilets. And there's no reason why, it's just this is what people tend to do. So this is why it's so important to be learning from context. And that's why I don't often do these kind of list episodes because I know some of you like them, but I don't think it's the best way to learn. I'm being 100% honest now. So these episodes are probably perfect if you're like a language nerd and you really love learning new things and trying to use them. But I would say the most effective way to learn is just to experience English, listen to episodes and just enjoy them and learn why you listen. But it's not necessarily going through a list of words. However, if you do find this helpful, then please let me know. I do also think that understanding a bit of the reason why like the the kind of the the theory behind confusing english patterns can be quite helpful for some people let's do two more now i'll try to think of some good examples for these so meaning number 8 the penultimate one penultimate means second to last means is to join together this is super confusing because we just spoke about dividing and now that we're talking about the opposite joining together so this is why English is so tough, because up can mean coming together or coming apart, right? Why? I don't know. But fortunately, the verbs are different, right? The verbs are different. So one example is join up, join up, uh, or sign up. I guess sign up is a common one you'll see on the internet, on my website, for example, sign up today. But yeah, join up means two people or two groups of people come together to make a team, so let's join up and think about this problem together. In fact, this afternoon, I am teaming up with another language influencer, I guess. I don't, it's not really a nice word, that word influencer. Let's say another language teacher, not an English teacher, but I'm teaming up with another teacher this afternoon and we will be doing a conversation, which hopefully will be out on the podcast in the next few weeks. I don't know when exactly, but I'm recording in advance. I'm not going to tell you who it is right now, just in case something goes wrong, but I'm teaming up with them and we're going to be doing a podcast episode for me and for this person. And maybe I will be learning a bit from them as well. So that's going to be interesting. I'm excited for that. And that is my example of teaming up today. So let me know if you've teamed up with anyone recently, or maybe you've partnered up with someone. To partner up is very similar to team up, but usually it's for two people, two people. So if you're in a classroom at school, you might have to partner up and find someone to work with on a project. It doesn't really mean romantic partner. It just means someone to work with on something. 
Finally, meaning number nine. We finally got to number nine. Stop. That's what this means, to stop. So it can also mean to stop. I know many of you may have been thinking, well, what about this one? What about, what about the word give up, for example? And that's what we're covering now. So this one, it's a bit hard to think of too many. Maybe you can think of more examples, but I've got give up. So give up is kind of like stop, to stop trying. I think that's what give up means, doesn't it? Stop trying. And in this case, we cannot say give. It's not possible to say give. It's a totally different meaning. If you learn English, do not give up. Keep trying. I cannot say do not give. It just doesn't make sense. And I think as a general rule, when the verb is quite basic, when it's quite a simple verb uh, that has many meanings, we, the preposition is very important because that changes the meaning. Give is a really, really common verb. Give is really common. So that up is important for the meaning. Another example we mentioned perhaps last time is do. Right? Do is one of the most common verbs. And you can say do up. It has a few meanings. But obviously without the up, do has a different meaning. When the verb is more specific and more advanced, it's much more common that it has a similar meaning without the preposition. So one example is to partner, I suppose. You could say to partner up with someone, but you could also say partner with someone. So when the verb is more specific, it's often possible to say it without the preposition too. I would say that's a good rule of thumb. A rule of thumb is kind of a pattern that you can follow, a rule you can follow, but it's not always true. It's, it's often true. So keep that one in mind. I think that's a nice tip here near the end. So yeah, don't give up learning English because I'm sure whatever situation you're in, English will be useful. Um, now I'm in Thailand, I'm trying to learn some Thai language. Not very successfully, I have to admit. Um, I'm finding it hard to get make the time for that. But what did I learn yesterday? I learned how to say fruit yesterday, which was useful. My big achievement from this week was yesterday I asked for change from the taxi driver in Thai. I think it's uh, sung, sung sip, sung sip, which is 20, I believe. Is it sung, lung? I'm already forgetting. I remembered it yesterday and I asked for 20 and he gave me 20 and I was quite proud of that. A very, very small thing. Another example of stop is hold up. Hold up is a good way to say, wait a minute. You need to be using this one if you want to make your English sound more natural. Hold up. Wait a minute. What's going on? Right? It's a really, really good phrase. Like, hold up. Stop. What are you doing? So hold up is a nice way to say, wait, stop, please. Come on. So wait, hold up. Am I recording? Oh, let me check. Oh, phew. I am recording. Good. Whew. <laughs> so that's a really good one to use. I recommend that one a lot. And play up. This is one I'm going to use because my camera is playing up today. To play up is kind of like to not work properly. So it's kind of like to stop working in some way or to not work as you're expecting it to. Right, it has a few different meanings, but let's talk about technology for today. So my camera has been playing up, which means my camera has been starting and stopping. It's not really working properly. So that's why I've had some problems today, but hopefully you haven't noticed anything. So there we go. That is the end of my up 
phrasal verbs are topic. Some of them you can use alone, some of them you can't. I will make it more clear on the website which verbs can be used on their own, uh, like to partner with someone, and which words need the verb up, like to uh, play up. Right? We, we can't say my camera is playing. We have to say play up. So I'll make that more clear on the website if you want to review. And again, I will put a full lesson up for the members at Level Up English. Another thing the members will be getting is on Friday on the private podcast, a bonus new podcast that is only available for members, I will be releasing an episode where I try to use all of these words today in a story. So this is what I did last time and I think it was quite good and a lot of people practiced in the comments as well. So I'm going to use all of these verbs to make a story about my life. And then at the end, I ask you, the members, to make a story too, and I will give you feedback on how successfully you have used these phrasal verbs. So that's a nice way to practice. So I'll see some of you on Friday who want to join in with that. Let's just say a quick thank you to the country of Chile. Uh, this is from Andrea from Chile. And they said, hi, dear. Joke. Haha. <laughs> I'm so happy about finally listening to your 232 episodes. I started in December 2022 and you've helped me infinitely to improve my English and my results in the IELTS exam. On the contrary, I'm sad because I can't put five stars a million times to rank your podcast. And also because I don't know what else I'm going to listen to. You are the best teacher and I love the way you approach life. Thank you again and I wish you the best in your new life in Thailand. That's amazing to hear. That's so incredible that you've been with me for about a, a year or less than a year and you've listened to that many episodes. It's taken me many years to record them and you've listened to them in such a short time. <laughs> but thank you so much. That's really kind of you to say and I hope you stick with me for the future episodes and yeah, keep going. Well done on all of your success in your English. Let's just say a quick goodbye with Robin Williams. We've got a quote here from Robin Williams who says, I used to think that the worst thing in life was to end up alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel alone. Very deep, very meaningful. Can you guess why I chose this one today? Because we say end up. End up alone. So this will go back to our previous episode of completing something. To end up emphasizes the end of something and the completion of a story. If you end up in a place, you can have complete your journey in a place. So if you keep learning English at this rate, where will you end up? What success can you reach? Mm. Well, thank you for listening and I will see you next time. All the best. Thank you. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.